Next on BYU Sports Nation, the legacy of Taysom Hill. How would you define the BYU quarterback of independence and his career? Former teammate and BYU quarterback Riley Nelson joins us in studio on how he defines the career of Taysom Hill in the 2016 BYU football season. Plus, dual threat analyst Blaine Fowler, where does Hill rank among BYU QB greats? And between the lines with Olympian Kate Hansen, let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. Jerem, are we live? We're live in Studio B. And in Radio Vision, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU Sports Nation on Tuesday, November 29th. Wherever and however you're dialed in, it's great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with the man of many voices, Jerem Jordan. Thank you. You want to do your West Virginia? Or West your... Virginia! <laughs> I've, I've missed that a lot. I didn't miss that game, per se, but I miss oh. that guy. Your Ty Detmer is still the best. West Virginia's right there. Yeah. Yep, yep. Yep. Jamal. Andrew Mangum's going to start the bowl game. We're just going to run the offense and uh, see what happens. <laughs> I won the hot. Did, did you guys know I won the Heisman? The what? <laughs> The Tasman. Oh, so good. We need to rank your voices at some point. Who? What? If there were four That's options, okay. what would you put on? Bill Cosby? Your I, West Virginia guy? Bring Bill Cosby into this. You know what I'm saying? Ty Detmer? I, I I'm trying know. to think. I'm trying to... This is a talent that you need to pursue. If I can't think of more than two, that I need to pursue? Yes. Like, you want me to quit this job? I want what you, you to say? be Frank Caliendo <laughs> of BYU Sports I'm, Nation. No, I'm not even close to that. Oh, my goodness. Now I just feel dumb. <laughs> It went from a compliment. Mission to... accomplished. Mission accomplished. Oh my gosh! Did you hear about the tweet from our good friend Dennis Dodd of CBS Sports? Dennis yeah, has uh, ruffled our feathers a little bit uh, with different opinions and things of Jerry in the past. Palm. Oh, I'm, no, no, I'm thinking about Dennis Dodd. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I have nothing. Jerry Palm is basketball. Dennis Dodd is football. I've never had an issue with Dennis. You've Dodd. never had double an issue? D? No, never. <laughs> But he did say this, and I appreciated that he said this from his national analyst perch. Quote, I guess that makes it four season-ending injuries for Taysom Hill. Godspeed your life, my man. Loved watching you play. End quote. I thought that was a nice tribute from Dennis Dodd to Taysom Hill. Yeah, there have been a lot. Everybody's, well, I mean, how do you not? It's, it's four times. Today, today feels like a funeral for Taysom Hill. Like his career. But that's what it feels like. It's interesting. In memoriam, right? Because yeah, he's done at of his BYU. Career. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, it is crazy. You said to me yesterday in the office, like, as, as soon as the news became official, you're like, I feel sad. This feels weird. This yeah. feels weird. Yeah. And I it didn't totally, expect it to feel like It this. totally did. It we'll, was, we'll dive into that a little bit. It was weirdly emotional. Yeah. Here are today's BYU Sports Nation I black shirt on purpose. headlines. <laughs> And Taysom comes up lane and heads to the BYU bench. Oof. Dave McCann on the BYU TV game day replay call against Utah State. BYU announcing Taysom Hill will not play in the Poinsettia Bowl due to the left elbow strain against the Aggies that he suffered on the play. You just heard much more on Hill's legacy. And what does Riley Nelson 
his former teammate and former quarterback think about Taysom Hill and what he did at BYU? Men's basketball plays tomorrow against Utah State uh, at Vivint Smart Home Arena at 9 Eastern time on BYU TV and BYU Radio. That's Salt Lake City. Spencer Linton roaming courtside. Mm-hmm. Cougars are looking to rebound after two straight losses. Save me a seat. Three Cougars named to the All-West Coast Conference Volleyball first team, Amy Boswell, McKenna Miller, and Whitney Young-Howard. By the way, McKenna Miller, the freshman of the year. Jerem, do you remember the first thing I said to you about McKenna Miller? Yes, you said, Jerem, I am amazing. I have blonde hair, and I will tell you something. (laughs) And it is that McKenna Miller will win freshman of the year in the WCC. I saw her play. That's the exact quote. In the blue and white scrimmage, and I came back to Jerem, and I said, She's going to win WCC Freshman of the Year. Well, yeah, after you said that other stuff. <laughs> and she did. Hey. That's, that's, hey, it's not just going for two. It was that, too. You know? Congratulations you to yeah. McKenna Miller. By the way, she joins uh, Libero Mary Lake on the all-freshman team for the WCC. Everyone's favorite Libero, Mary Lake. Christine Nielsen took home WCC Player of the Week following double-digit scoring performances at the UNM Thanksgiving Tournament. Uh, what's, what's better than winning a tournament? Winning it in Albuquerque. Uh, Christine Nielsen was the MVP of the tournament. How about that? Yes, the land of the enchanted, as former President Bush called New Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> so That's close, right? <laughs> it's the land of enchantment. Of enchantment. <laughs> I've been there. It was very enchanting. <laughs> Walter so White good. thinks it's extremely enchanting. Shout out to uh, Albuquerque. Mm-hmm. Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. The legacy of Taysom Hill. Third down for BYU. Hill. There it goes. Touchdown. Four times. Four. Taysom Hill has suffered season-ending injuries, but not before giving us incredible, memorable plays like the one we just chronicled. As we discussed in the headlines, BYU makes it official. Taysom Hill will not take a snap in the Poinsettia Bowl due to the left elbow injury he suffered against, of all teams, Utah State. In Provo, I still blame Brian Sweet. The national media have (laughs) offered their support, and so have his teammates, including the guy who will now start the Poinsettia Bowl, Tanner Mangum. His tweet from yesterday, quote, My heart hurts as I think about what Taysom has gone through. He's truly given his all for this team. Win or lose, I will always respect number seven. And he'll be number four to me forever. Because four of his seasons, he was number four. Yeah, he's he's like it's like Michael Jordan. Do you remember Taysom Hill uh, or Michael Jordan as number 23 or the few seasons he wore number 45? 23. Exactly. And Taysom Hill's number four. And this is the one season he wore number seven. Yep. What a career. Regardless of the number he was wearing, it has been the full gamut of emotions, the highest of highs, and certainly the lowest of lows. Which brings us to today's Twitter question. How would you define the legacy of Taysom Hill? Use the hashtag BYUSN at BlueCoog1. Taysom was a warrior. If, we only, if only we could have had more Longhorns and less Aggies. Ah, uh, yes. <sighs> Isn't that interesting? The relation those animals have, and yet the difference they mean to BYU and Taysom Hill. <laughs> Goodness gracious. At CPA underscore Coog. I think he's a CPA. Mm. It's a modern-day Greek tragedy. 
It is a tragedy. It is a tragedy because Taysom Hill was one of the greatest athletes, probably the greatest athlete to play quarterback at BYU ever. And we never quite saw what he could do. Like, are you defined by what you do as a freshman and sophomore in college? Generally, no. It's junior and senior, right? And we never really saw what he could do. As a, as a junior, BYU was 4-0, ranked 19th. Taysom Hill was a Heisman Trophy dark horse. That was the peak. That was the peak. And it was so fun. And it was awesome. I, I think BYU would have won at least 10 games that year. I've said this many times. I think that year would have validated independence. Um, that is to win 10 games or more. 2015 had a nice you know, three-quarter start against Nebraska. We don't know what was going to happen that year. And then this season, new offense, different scheme, 26 years old, three-season-ending injury. It just wasn't the same Taysom Hill. It was great to have him back. But it was not the same thing. So it's I, to me, I'll always remember kind of the 2013-14 Taysom Hill. How would you define the legacy of Taysom Hill? We're answering the question with three words that we feel define Taysom Hill. Jerem? Okay, I'll start. Uh, first is injuries, then rushing, mm. then Texas. Oh, yeah. Injuries. <laughs> Four season-ending injuries. Are you serious? Three to Utah State at home. That's unbelievable. It really is. It's I just, wish that on nobody. It's not de- even the worst enemies. It's dumb. It is dumb. Ugh. Okay, number two, rushing. The greatest rushing quarterback in BYU history. At a place defined as the greatest university for passing quarterbacks in the history of college football, there is one who stands alone as different. And that guy's Taysom Hill. No one was like Taysom Hill. BYU's never had a quarterback like Taysom Hill. It was so fun to watch him in his prime do what he did. And that brings me to number three, Texas. The demise of Texas hinged on the kneecaps and legs and calves of Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill destroyed Texas two years in a row. 259 rush yards, 19-point win as a sophomore in Provo. That was the first inkling of, wow, this guy is different. 2014 at Texas, a 34-point win on the road, the hurdle, the stiff arm on a play that came back. I'll always remember Taysom Hill destroying Texas. So injuries rushing Texas. First word for me is explosive. 259 rushing yards against the University of Texas. The beginning of the end for Mac Brown as the head coach in Austin. Mm-hmm. That was unbelievable. The leap of faith the following year when Texas was out for revenge. They had all year to think about what BYU did to them in Provo, and they weren't going to let it happen again. It only got worse for Texas because Taysom Hill. The stiff arms, as you mentioned, one against Mississippi State this year, one against Virginia a couple of years ago to get into the end zone. The 400-100 game, meaning 400 pass, 100 rushing, and it was more than that, against Houston. I know you remember when he came to talk to us when this show was brand new. We were on the radio only. I think we had been on the air for about a month. He came back from that game. His lip was cut. It was puffy. He had bruises all over his face and his arms. And I just remember—I remember thinking, "Oh my goodness, this dude is an absolute gladiator." And that was the game of games in a lot of ways because BYU ran an FBS record 115 plays in that game as well. Explosive. It's like two games worth. To say the least, Taysom Hill. The second word I choose is competitor, and that brings us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Jeremy, you and I have talked about this a bunch of times, but Taysom Hill 
never quarterbacked or left a game he was quarterbacking in down more than two scores. If he was in the game, BYU had a chance to win. The ultimate competitor. He lost one game that he started and finishes, finished by 15. The Utah State game, he came out in the second quarter. BYU lost that by 15. That was the largest margin of loss. BYU was in every game. At Wisconsin, lost by 10. At Notre Dame, lost by 10. He, was, he kept BYU in games, and it was fun. And this year, I mean, this year's defined by those close losses, right? Some close wins as well. But BYU was probably in games they shouldn't have been because Taysom Hill kept them in those games. And don't take that for granted because when you have a guy that always gives you a chance to win, and I'm talking about big games, 8-8 eight and eight and 16 career starts against Power 5 teams. The most of any BYU quarterback ever. Two Power wins against games. Texas, Georgia Tech, Virginia, Mississippi State, Michigan State, Arizona. Really good list. But the third word I have is injured. And I don't want it to define his career, but it's a huge part of it. It naturally brings up a lot of what-ifs. What if Taysom Hill hadn't been injured in his junior year? But it also has shaped who he is as a person, and quite frankly, he inspires a lot of people because of what he's endured. It's part of his legacy at BYU because he comes back and plays after the fact. It stinks that he's Samuel Jackson's character from Unbreakable. Yes! It stinks. I wish he was Bruce Willis's character in that movie. If you haven't seen that, that's actually a good M. Night Shyamalan movie. He's really faded. Like, if you were to think about one BYU player and say, okay, who's, who's the superhero player that was at BYU? For me, Taysom Hill comes to mind. Like, I think, like of, I think physically of, when yes, he's healthy, yeah. He's the superhero, Yeah, right? He put out some big numbers, and he had a lot of starts. He had, he had uh, like, the fourth most starts or something ever at BYU as quarterback. So there's a lot of volume there. Therefore, he finishes... Top five, top ten, and a lot of major offensive games. His stinking kryptonite has been Utah State. A loaded day on BYU Sports Nation. Utah Former State. BYU quarterback and teammate of Taysom Hill, Riley Nelson, will join us. But first, Speaking it wouldn't be a State. Tuesday without Uncle B, Blaine Fowler. He'll define Taysom's career, and is he panicking after BYU Hoops' stunning loss to Utah Valley? He's telling everyone what. BYU Sports Station presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Simulcast on BYU Radio, moving pictures on BYU TV. Our conversation is rolling right now on Twitter. Just follow at BYU Sports Nation. Send in your responses to today's Twitter question using the hashtag BYUSN. We are asking, how would you define the legacy of Taysom Hill? And tonight, uh, Dane McFowler and Braved Nogan will break down the Utah State game at 7 Eastern. It's on a show called After Further Review. Check it out. It's one of the best hours of BYU football on television. If you're new to BYU Sports Nation, you're like Dane McFowler yeah. and <laughs> Braved Nogan. We've been saying this every week all year. What, what are you talking about? What's oh. the issue? How would you define the legacy of Taysom Hill at BYU underscore undefeated? says the man who was stronger than his own body. Yeah, crazy, right? Like, he needed to drink more milk or something. Like, it just, it just stinks. It just stinks. Also from Twitter, an Insta poll, Jerem. What is Jerem Jordan's best voice impersonation he uses on BYU Sports Nation? Oh, boy. 25% of the vote for West Virginia fan. West Virginia! 9% for Princeton fan. Yes, women's volleyball versus Princeton Friday night, yes. And 66% for Ty Detmer. Uh, Jamal. Jamal. The Jamal fence is going to be our main thing uh, in the bowl game. We'll see if Tanner even throws the ball. I'm going to 
Cut Jerem short on another going for two pick. <laughs> Jamal <laughs> killed me. <laughs> oh, and with that, we bring in Blaine Fowler, dual threat analyst, national champion at BYU. Blaine, uh, which voice do you Dang, like the best? Here's the thing: if, if we're going for what's real, I when I close my eyes right there, I felt like I was sitting with Ty Devin. <laughs> <laughs> amazing right i close them i'm like my gosh that is ty and i had to look up for a minute yes to see that it was jerem that's how good so it was. so good we need to have a voice day jerem <laughs> okay voice day. i'll bring adam sandler has ty heard him do ty yes oh boy I, yeah we made we hosted the y awards last year we made fun of ty too, okay face, good so. well which it was awesome. he makes fun of himself so it's, it's all good it's all good <laughs> it, that's the thing i love about him he's, he's like self-depreciating he knows yeah, he's yeah. just a country boy hunter dude <laughs> And does he doesn't pretend to be anybody but who he is, and that's one of the reasons everybody loves him. Yeah. Just one of the greatest players of all time in college football, and he just is the most humble. Absolutely. Just down-to-earth dude you'll ever meet. The most so unassuming. He makes fun of himself. So it's, it's okay to make some fun of somebody that makes fun yeah. of himself. If he was uptight, I wouldn't do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't make fun of Bronco too, Bronco. I love to <laughs> That's get, a whole different story. Oh, my goodness. I love to get the, uh, the opinions of former quarterbacks on current quarterbacks, and that's what we're dealing with today. Uh, we'll ask Ty Detmer at some point about the legacy of Taysom Hill, but you're here. You've watched Taysom play his entire career. Unfortunately, it comes to end with another injury against Utah State. How would you define his legacy at BYU? He, I, and I just talked about this Saturday. He, he's he's going to go down as probably the best dual-threat quarterback, and – and I had a bunch of people go, oh, Steve Young. And, and I had to explain my, you know, the context of this. He was in an offense, and I'm talking about Steve, that was a drop-back West Coast offense where he hardly ever had a run called for him. Once in a while he had a run called yeah, for him. Yeah, there weren't des- and he designed I'm not saying that Steve Young wasn't a great running quarterback. He was unbelievable. He was an unbelievable athlete playing quarterback and could scramble and make plays. Um, but – Taysom Hill in an offense that was designed for him to carry the offense running and throwing the football. Until this year, in Robert and I's offenses, I mean, he was one of the focal points of the run game, especially when Jamal wasn't available. And so they would literally call 17, 18 run plays for him. And so he will, without question, go down as the greatest running quarterback in BYU history and one of the greatest runners of all time at BYU. He's, you know, what is he, five? Is that what he finished up? I'm trying to remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Top five, so, yeah. Five all time, not for quarterbacks. He's one all time for quarterbacks, but, but five all time as a rusher, period, at BYU. And he'll also go down. He and Luke Staley are in the same category with me. And, you know, isn't it interesting that Luke ended his career with some injuries, but mm-hmm. um, just freaks of nature. Like, he, the the combination of strength and size and speed that Taysom had, we have never had a quarterback, and I don't know that we'll ever have again. I mean, he is Seriously. he's a freak. Like, Steve Young was unbelievably fast, but Steve Young didn't bench press and squat and have a vertical jump and, and do all of that, that that Taysom could. And so... Yeah, Taysom, I'm convinced that no matter what he would have decided to play, he could have been great. Now, I think Steve could have gone over and, and been an unbelievable safety. In fact, they were talking about having Steve Young move over to safety. If it wasn't for – we talked to Ted Tolner Ted about Toler. that. If it wasn't for Ted Tolner, Steve Young would have played free safety, and he was a great player, could have played free safety. Whoa. But, but Taysom could have played fullback, could have played tight end, could have played linebacker. Uh, he, he, he could have played some of the big physical – positions that, uh, that I don't know that any other quarterback that's ever played here could play. And he led this team into a, a, a brand new era. 
in a brand new offense. And I'm not sure anybody else could have done it better because he had to learn this offense. And there were times when people were confused and we were shorthanded on the offensive line and Jamal was out that he carried this football team again converting third downs, and that's my memory of him. He, he's maybe one of the best guys that just taking it on himself, putting it on his back and going, we need a first, I'll just tuck it and I'll run with five guys on my back and I'll just get us a first right here. In a pro-style offense, not designed primarily for the run, he has still gained 742 rush yards, now taking into consideration sacks and losses, so he's netted 603, but this offense was not designed for Taysom Hill to run, and he's still putting up those type of numbers. numbers. Yeah, no, I, it's 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 crazy, and and everybody wanted the pass game to be better this year, but the pass game it takes some time. You know, back in in the Lavelle Edwards days when we were all throwing it fifty five and sixty times a game, that was a well oiled machine that had been put in place over a period of years, and quarterbacks didn't play till they'd been in the system for a couple years, and when they did play early on. They really, really struggled. I mean, if you ask John Beck, hey, how was your freshman year? He'd go, it was a struggle. It ruined his weekend. Yeah, yeah, exactly. By the time John Beck was a senior, he was an unbelievable quarterback. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, Max Hall played a little earlier, played as a sophomore, but he had played a little bit before. Um, He went out on his mission. And so the guys that have played that position have had experience in the offense that they were running. Now, Max ran a different offense. John ran a different offense. But they – we're in the same offense for a period of years. To take your senior year on, after you've been in one concept, and go 180 degrees into a different concept is, is a tough thing to do. And the passing game comes after the run game. And I know that Ty wanted to establish that run game first. And I thought that Taysom did a remarkable job. And the fact that they're 8-4 and four right now going into a bowl game and have a chance to win nine games, we all would have taken that at the beginning of the season. I, somebody said, we'll just sign up. We're just going to give you nine. We'll just write it down. I would have said, Phew. We'll take that in a heartbeat. Oh, absolutely. How does the quarterback position change, if at all, with Tanner Mangum in the poinsettia bowl? I think they're just—it's just an ever-expanding offense now. So I don't know that it changes that much. That I think they're going to go in the same game plan, especially if Jamal's healthy. They try to add a little bit every week. Now they got three weeks, so I think Ty's going to add some things in. But and he'll do some things that are specific to to Tanner, and there may not be as much. Op, read option in in the game. There may be an option or two in there, but they they had some of that in. They've left that in. I don't see, think that that's going to be something that's part of the BYU offense long term. Well, did you see the UMass game? Tanner Mangum thinks he's a runner now. Yeah, well. <laughs> Second leading rusher in that game, Blaine. <laughs> and here's the thing. T- Taysom is built, and I know this is sounds weird, he's built to take a bit of a pounding, mm-hmm. you know. Not He's, he's such high torque when you jump up in the air and you land on the arm, you're going to dislocate your elbow and you're going to have problems. But I'm talking about just the punishment of getting hit in the face and, mm-hmm. and those kinds of things. He, he's built to take that a little bit. Um, I don't know that we really want Tanner. And Tanner's a phenomenal athlete too. People forget, if you go watch his high school films, he ran around and scrambled and did good things. But I don't think we want Tanner running the read option and running the football 12 times a game and taking shots from linebackers. That's nope. something that's not going to last if if that happens. And so... You'll see maybe a little less of that, um, but but I think you've got three weeks where they're going to add some specific wrinkles for for whoever that opponent is, um, and and that's about it. It'll just be the ever expanding offense, and they've got three weeks to add a few more wrinkles, and and, and I think they go with what they've gone with. Then in the off season, I think you'll see that pass game start to expand more, and it, by design, by design. Moving forward, we'll talk about what a reasonable expectation is for Tanner Mangum in the Poinsettia Bowl, a discussion for next week and the week after that as we get closer to San Diego. Rewinding to Saturday, 
just before BYU and Utah State in football, BYU basketball suffered what Jerem called yesterday the worst loss in the Dave Rose era. And I don't know that I can argue that there is a worse loss because it was personal and it was home and it was a Marriott Center record giving up 114 points. But are you panicking right now because of what happened on Saturday? The reason I'm not panicking is because this team is so young. And we've been talking about it all along. I, I'm still not convinced that they um, can play the kind of defense they need to to win a championship and the WCC. I think they can be really, really good. I've never questioned they can score. Hey, they scored Saturday, right? Um, my question is, not are they physically capable of playing the kind of defense they need to play, but are they mentally in that mindset where when they need to get a stop, they can get a stop? Are they mentally in the mindset when a team comes out and starts to shoot like UVU shot the other night that they go, okay, you know what, guys? Let's focus and let's man up these, you know, these guys, and let's get on people on the perimeter, and let's not let them get a tiny crack of a look, and let's play lockdown defense. I think the mentality right now, and it's a young group, is eventually they're just going to start stop missing, and we won't. So we'll just if we'll just stay in this thing, eventually we'll just outscore them. The problem with that mindset is that once in a while you're going to run into a buzzsaw where a team gets hot and they're not going to miss. 18 three-pointers. And, and, and you Crazy. have to make them miss. They're not just going to miss on their own. You have to make them miss. And in that game, I never saw BYU step out and go, okay, that's it. Enough is enough. We're going to shut this team down. A lot of people have said, well, are they physically capable? Of Yes, they're physically mm-hmm. capable of defending. There's teams way less athletic than BYU over the years that defend way better than they're defending right now. And, and so, so to me, that's it. And I think that that's a youth thing. I think that's an inexperienced thing. I think, I think that that comes with time. How many times have you seen a great scorer come out of high school and the coach will just say, well, you know, <laughs> it's hard for those guys to figure out how to play defense because in high school they could play good defense because they're physically the best player on the floor every time they walked out there. So without much effort, they could be a decent defender, and they focus on scoring. So it's a mindset change, and that has to happen for BYU. Can it happen this season? Yeah, of course it can. And maybe Saturday was enough of a wake-up call that guys go, gosh, guys, we've got to be tougher defensively. We've got to dig down and be able to do that. Because I've, I've, I've always believed that defense is its skill – but they have the skill. But more than that, it's about effort and the mindset that you are going to shut somebody down. I'd rather that reality check happen in November, non-conference, than what it's been in the past, losing to teams in the West Coast Conference in January and February. So I guess uh, take your bumps uh, with, with some timing involved there. Blaine, great stuff. Bring your best voice impersonations re- next week. I'll be, I'm, I may do tie in the game tomorrow. Um, Line as well. up, up at Vivint. You're you know. doing an after further review? Tonight. Yeah, because now I, I think I kind of got it. Maybe okay, I'll just it. call yeah. the game as Ty Detmer. <laughs> the Utah State game tomorrow. <laughs> Thanks, Blaine. All right, guys. Up next on BYU Sports Nation, how would you define the legacy of Taysom Hill? More of your Twitter responses at one bald Cairo doc says the Longhorn Butcher. <laughs> wow. Well played. <laughs> Coming up on BYUSN as well, Olympian Kate Hansen takes us between the lines, dedicating it to the seniors on the football team, including Taysom Hill. But first, former BYU QB Riley Nelson will join us. How will he remember Taysom Hill's career? This is BYU Sports Nation. Taysom on the keeper. Around the corner. Hops over the five-yard line. It will be first and goal for BYU at the one. And Taysom comes up lane and heads to the BYU bench. It does not get any easier listening to it or watching it again. BYU announces Taysom Hill will not play in the Poinsettia Bowl. 
due to what they have termed a left elbow strain suffered against Utah State last Saturday night. A strain means there's a tear in there. So that's a, that's a serious deal. Mm. Hey, men's hoops is mentioned plays tomorrow. Utah State uh, in Salt Lake City, 9 Eastern time. The Cougars uh, lost to Valparaiso. Uh, we're still waiting for some shirts to have to wear since we lost the bet with Adam Amin Ugh. in Utah Valley. Luckily, we didn't uh, bet our buddy Brandon Crowell on that one. Three different Cougars were named to the All-West Coast Conference Women's Volleyball First Team, Amy Boswell, McKenna Miller, and Whitney Young-Howard. McKenna Miller, by the way, the WCC Freshman of the Year. She joins Libero Mary Lake on the All-Freshman Team. The Cougars host Princeton on Friday in the opening round of the NCAA Tournament. That game will be televised right here on BYU TV at 9 p.m. Eastern. And if the Cougars beat Princeton, uh, they'll play the winner of Utah-UNLV. So BYU and Utah could play in the second round of the NCAA tournament. That would be Saturday, also on BYU TV if the Cougars win. So that's awesome. And Christine Nielsen took home WCC Player of the Week following double-digit scoring performances in the New Mexico Thanksgiving tournament. She was the MVP of the tournament. Well done, Christine. Joining us now, a BYU quarterback that has a winning record against Power 5 teams. Also the last QB to finish the season ranked at BYU, Riley Nelson in studio. Riley, nice to have you here. What's Good up, to Riley? be here, fellas. I've been on. Uh, this is my first time live in studio. I've what? been on called in a couple times. What took but... so long, Riley? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's that drive. You know, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> hey, a tweet from at uh, Still Team Riley. That is his Twitter handle. Met him in person. Great oh, guy. Yeah. Yeah, Great dude. Right? Photo, I think. Yeah. Of the yeah. Notre yeah. Dame game. Right? Yeah, yeah. sending a photo of his son today, saying Jackson's ready to watch number 13 today on BYU Sports Nation. So they're t- they're they're dialed in, man. Hey guys, good to see you out there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's start with our Twitter question today, Riley. <laughs> And, and this is a loaded one. How would you define the legacy of Taysom Hill? I would define it as one of a kind, truly. I, I have a hard time, whether it's pro sports, college sports, comparing against eras. And so I, I personally um, don't get caught up in the totem pole or, you know, I'll maybe do a, round, a Mount Rushmore because you can kind of group four together. But it's really hard to place him in the all-time um, – if, you, if you're asking me to place him. But as far as him on the merits of his play, he was truly one of a kind. The, the kind of athlete, we haven't seen that before, um, play quarterback here at BYU. And to be quite honest, I mean, does he still hold the single-game single quarterback rushing record in the NCAA, you know, which is, which is a national and all-time accomplishment? And then he was a four-year starter, and he competed against more – Top level power five ranked you know opponents, the majority of whom are on the road um, than any other quarterback at BYU, and so it's really hard to kind of compare resumes. There's I've heard some people try and want to I don't know if tarnish is the word, but say that he didn't have ten wins, drug him down. He didn't finish ranked, drug him down. You know, no the being hurt for bowl games and things like that. But we shouldn't focus on the things that that he wasn't, but focus on the things that he was, and that was truly a transcendental player. He's unique, regardless of yeah how you want to categorize him. He was unique um, because at a and I've said at a place that was defined by passing quarterbacks, there was no one like him here. Right? Um, you were his teammate in 2012. He was a freshman. He got hurt. He started a couple games. Um, what was he like as a freshman uh, that made you think, hey, this guy's a little different? The athleticism was the first thing you knew about him because he got off the plane from his from his mission and. 
power clean like 315 pounds no joke like <laughs> like i've been i've been here in i've been here in the in the way i shouldn't say like right off that was our first time testing maxes which would have been at the end of summer so he had had a summer of workouts but regardless you know i've got four or five years of coach omer's you know weight program under my belt and and i hit 315 and i'm pumped and I, you know i'm chest bumping everyone and he's like he goes over there and hits it then he hits i think like 325 and then i think he did 330 and then they shut him down just because you know you didn't want to risk it but but and then we go out and do our our uh like our conditioning test which was a beast back then it was uh i'll describe it for you in detail a little bit later and he won that of all the players it was him and danny Sorensen and sky pove were the three top finishers with him coming in first so that was the first thing that did it and then just from the standpoint that he was humble wanted to learn you know um was wide-eyed and a sponge trying to take up in anything. And that's why he had the success in those two starts as a freshman. And I think that laid the foundation for his great career. And people forget, too, he came in in the Washington State game on a fourth down, and his first play yeah. was a passing touchdown Oh yeah, for 18 yards. Yeah, it was, it was fourth and two. He was supposed to, it, it was wide open for runner pass, which I got in in those kind of situations with Max, and I was just like, don't screw it up. Just get the first down. <laughs> and sure enough, like he had the ball tucked and was you know, easy on the, on the fourth down conversion, but had the awareness to get his eyes up, and Kane Kuafrio was wide open in the end zone. Little toss in there, yeah. Fun first play. Yeah. Talking about Taysom Hill with Riley Nelson, they were teammates in 2012. Quarterbacks, obviously at BYU. He was asked to do something that I think is perhaps underrated in terms of challenges, and that is with a new staff take on a new pro style offense after he had been doing the same thing for essentially four years. And I know that he only played in one game in 2015 but like it was still the offense that Taysom Hill was supposed to run now he's supposed to run something brand new under Ty Detmer 8 and 4 numbers haven't been as high as let's say fans have wanted or even Taysom what do you think about what he's done this year in the new pro style offense under Ty Detmer I thought he did great. I felt like the philosophy from day 1 you look at that Arizona game establishing the run, I felt like that the current staff and Coach Detmer and Coach Sataki believe that BYU at its core is a physical, high-executing football team and that perhaps when we went to go fast, go hard, like so many other programs across college football, you lose that because the when you go up-tempo and fast-paced, you are not counting on your own execution. You're trying to get as many plays in, counting on defensive attrition. In other words, that if you run enough plays, they'll make enough mistakes that'll lead to you winning the game. And and obviously, spreading teams out and not running straight at them or establishing the run is not a physical... It's more of a speed-based than a physicality-based. So I felt like that was the intent. If they were to accomplish one thing this year, it was that, to establish a high-executed offensive football team uh, that is based on execution and I think they accomplished it I'm excited moving forward to see um, the next building blocks which I believe a little bit more nuanced passing game a little bit more complicated I also think that we'll probably get in some spread sets and do some quarterback check with me's in other words um, you know kind of go out there have the quick game at your disposal or the real base package and just try and find completions. But that requires a, a coordinator and a quarterback that have been together for multiple years. So probably towards the end of next year and then maybe into Tanner's uh, uh, senior year, we'll start seeing some of that stuff. That's what I expect. But but to answer your question about this season in particular, 
um, I give it a I give it an A, maybe a B plus because we lost a couple of close games that we probably should have won. Hey, me academically B plus, I would have taken <laughs> right? that. Man. You <laughs> know what I'm saying? Jeez, yeah. uh, Taysom Hill kept a lot of plays alive that probably would have been dead with an yeah. immobile quarterback. Um, what what did he do? Uh, maybe this year against this Power Five schedule that maybe kept BYU in the game where maybe they wouldn't have been in the game had he not been there. One of the things that and we. Uh, we ran a lot of the same run schemes, and Brandon Doman was brought up. You know, he was coached by Lavelle Edwards up until his senior uh, senior year with Coach Croton. So the kind of the same uh, philosophies that Detmer had, Coach Doman was raised in, and he instilled those when I played with him in, or under him in 2011, 2012. And probably one of the most underrated things that Taysom Hill did was his run checks, where you come up, you read the front, you have a run called, but it's it can go to the right or to the left, and it's all based upon the defensive tilt and the strength and the alignment of the front. And um, him setting us relative in, in the majority of games, we were putting ourselves in good third down um, third down situations that allowed him to then you know use his legs and use his ability to move the chains by extending plays. So it, probably a two factor thing: really being efficient in the first and second down check, uh, you know, check with me game, and then also doing what we, we've seen him do his whole career here, and that's uh, you know get pick up that first down when we need to by whatever means necessary. Tanner Mangum will make the start for BYU in the Poinsettia Bowl on December 21st. You've seen him play in the spread offense last year and a little bit in the pro-style offense. He's going to have all the snaps for three weeks. He'll have Jamal Williams with him. What's a reasonable expectation for Tanner Mangum in the bowl game in about three weeks? Um. Honestly, knowing Tanner and watching him the little bit that we've got to watch him this year, I expect him to pick up where he left off last year. And uh, I, I know when he got in uh, first against SUU, you know, there was – it's so funny. You love the fact that BYU fans are so dialed in and have such high expectations because as a player, you aspire to those. But, but people maybe made a little bit – at least – his first couple series probably blew that a little bit too much out of proportion, but I expect to see out of Tanner we'll pick up where we saw last year and with his first touchdown pass. I loved his first touchdown pass because it reminded me of last year, which is Tanner not known for being a mobile a mobile guy, but he is very mobile because that touchdown he extended the play and threw an absolute dart towards the sideline. I mean that defender was right on. Who caught that? Was it Colby or was it Marino? Colby? Pearson. Colby, yeah. Colby was right there, and you know he put it away from the defender, but still in bounds, allowed Colby to, to tiptoe the touchdown, and I expect to see more of that. So, you know, two, three touchdowns, compete, completing sixty to sixty-five percent, and keep turnovers down. That's fully what I expect out of Tanner. I expect the same quarterback rating. Uh, he was one for one, five yards, touchdown, 472. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 472 yeah. was the uh, quarterback The rate. pattern of efficiency. It was uh, nuclear. Yeah. Hey, Riley, it's great to talk to you. We need to do yeah, this again soon. To studio, man. Hey, great. we're going to do it. I, we, yeah. uh, I got myself a new high-efficient, uh, like fuel-efficient car. So, okay. so the drive down. Now, now okay. financially, yeah. it makes sense. Before? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> great stuff. Thanks, Riley. Yeah. Up next on BYU Sports Nation, more of your tweets. How would you define the legacy of Taysom Hill? Plus, Olympian Kate Hansen with the latest Between the Lines special. It's dedicated to seniors and a new signing class for BYU women's hoops that is very tall. This is they're, BYU they're Sports really Nation. Yeah. Let's have Riley sign the flag. Oh, yeah, Riley. Let's, let's do, do it, it, man. Let's do it. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Everywhere. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan live from Studio B. If you miss an episode of our show live, the rebroadcast airs weeknights 
every stinking weeknight on BYU TV <laughs> at 6 p.m. Eastern. It doth not, to me, it doth not stink. No. Spencer. It needeth no Febreze. <laughs> you took the Febreze upstairs. I know. There's a, sometimes that, there's stinky was, stuff on this set. That's true. I'll bring stinky it back down. opinions. It was calculated Stinky to take stats. it upstairs. It was calculated to take it upstairs because our office needed some Febreze. Okay, but I will bring it back down to studio. TMI. B. Women's volleyball <laughs> is ranked tenth. They play Princeton in the NCAA tournament. Watch it Friday night, nine Eastern time, on the home of the Cougars, BYU TV. I think you should try that again and say Princeton differently. Yes, against Princeton. There yes, we go. The Tigers will be in town. Yeah. There we go. Thus far, the least favorite of your impersonation yes, voices. Though. The least favorite. That's because I'm so smart, Spencer. Yes. Elite. How would you define the legacy elite, of Taysom Spencer. Hill? <laughs> Get out of I here. I mean, elite. At Cisco, Roo says the most athletic BYU quarterback of all time. He destroyed the current Texas football program career derailed by injury. You think about it. It's, was the Charlie Strong era doomed from the start because of what Taysom Hill did? It didn't so help. T- so Tom Herman <laughs> can thank Taysom Hill for his $5 million a year. Yeah, yeah. How about that, Bevo? There you go, Tommy. This season Tommy. of BYU football has been an incredible roller coaster of emotions. I love roller coasters. I think that uh, we can all confidently say we have basically seen it all from last minute game winning field goals in the season opener against Arizona and Toledo. <laughs> yeah. To unexpected injuries ugh, and everything in between. But through it all, the BYU football guys have persevered. And on Saturday, we had a chance to watch the seniors play their final game at Lavelle Edwards Stadium against in-state foe Utah State. Between the lines with Olympian Kate Hansen gives tribute to this year's 21 BYU football seniors. BYU Sports Nation presents Between the Lines. What up, guys? My name's Kate Hansen. I've got your BYU inside scoop. Let's go between the lines. So the senior game, it was on Saturday night. It was bittersweet and kind of brought back a lot of memories. I know from competing in the Olympics, you train your whole life for this one moment, and then before you know it, it's over. So when you think about it, these boys have put in their blood, sweat, and tears into this team. And looking back, I mean, Kai with his 13 career interceptions, Jamal is the all-time leading rusher, and Taysom with his five-year reign. It's been an amazing ride, and we just want to say thank you. So we made a tribute for our boys. Check it out. Thank you so much for the memories. It's been so fun to watch you guys this season. Make sure you check us out on Twitter at BYU underscore BTL. And until then, wait till next time. Take it away, Spencer and Jerem.
All right, thank you, Kate Hansen, the I, luge coup, bringing us the dedication to yeah. the seniors on the BYU football team. I originally thought she meant like discounts and early dinners, and and then I was like, oh, the twenty-one, oh, yeah, yeah, not yeah. that oh, type of senior tribute. My bad. That was that was kind of emotional for me. Seriously, watching all of those Good guys. Man. I mean, we've Good been here for a while. Here. You want? You need something to watch? No, it? maybe later. I did talk to the Jurgens family after the Wipe game. It on the track. Get out of here, man! Should Get I put out. It on? I. I, you need to hang that up in the proper place again, Jerem. It was hanging just so that the Cougars was visible. Oh, are you serious? <laughs> what? what? I've, no, I've never noticed. Neither has anyone else. <laughs> anyway, I was talking to oh. the Jurgens family after the Utah State game. Jurgens. And, uh, yeah, just raw emotion for sure because what a journey those two have had, Garrett and Mitchell. And they're just two of the 21 seniors that – have given a ton to BYU football. And Every year, of, it's crazy. All of those guys had pretty significant contributions, right? I mean, Maurice Maxwell was the guy kind of behind the scenes. But the rest of those guys, they all were significant contributors. Algie Brown, Colby Pearson, Nick Think Kurtz, about Kai Nakua, Taysom Hill, Jamal Williams. Off the, like the year where there was no Jamal Williams, no Taysom Hill. Cy Tautu, Harvey Longy, Michael Davis, Andrew Eide, Logan Taele. Like, pretty crazy. That's, that's, and that's not even all of them. That's quite the list. Yeah, it's it's going to be weird to have a season without Taysom Hill or, or Jamal Williams next year. How would you define the legacy of one Taysom Hill to the Twitter machine? Are you choking? Yes. Did you Sorensen five? No, I did not. Just choke. Oh, okay. You choked though. He would define the legacy of Taysom Hill as "What if?" Question mark. Yeah, I, I mean after. Like 2015, I think maybe we were asking those questions. 2016 was like the bonus Taysom Hill year. I was like, oh, sweet, he's back. Awesome. At Chad Stewart underscore 79, electric and tragic. Yeah, people are are hopping on board with these one-word explanations. Yeah. Ah, it's just, it really is. One word, uh, is one word as well. That's also one word. Hey, by the way, your uh, best impersonation vote has uh, gone even further in favor of Ty Detmer. We're nearing 70%, Jim. Jamal. Jamal. (laughs) What's next for BYU basketball and a new very tall signing class for BYU women's hoops as part of the Cougar Whip Around? Stay with us. I love the Whip Around, Spencer. BYU Sports Station presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. Let's whip it! It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Football. BYU announced Taysom Hill will not play in the Poinsettia Bowl due to a left elbow strain against Utah State. Men's basketball. Plays tomorrow against Utah State at Vivint Smart Home Arena, the home of the Utah Jazz 9 Eastern on BYU TV. Listen on BYU Radio. The Cougars looking to avoid a third straight loss. Volleyball. Three Cougars were named to the All-WCC Volleyball First Team. Amy Boswell, McKenna Miller, and Whitney Young-Howard. McKenna Miller is the freshman of the year, as called by Spencer Linton, mm-hmm. off the air in August. And joined Libero, Mary Lake, everyone's favorite Libero, on the All-Freshman Team. Also, the Cougars host Princeton. Yes, Friday night in the opening round of the NCAA Tournament, Spencer. That game will be televised live on BYU TV at 9 Eastern time. Eastern, where all the smart people are, Spencer. <laughs> Women's basketball. I'll take your East Coast bias and tell you where to put it. <laughs> Women's basketball. West Christine Coast. Nielsen took home West the side. West Coast Conference Player of the Week following double-digit scoring performances in the UNM Thanksgiving tournament and being named the MVP of that tourney. And yesterday, head coach Jeff Judkins announced five players signed letters of intent for the Cougars to play in the 2017-18 season. Paisley Johnson from Washington, 
Maria Albiero from Brazil and North Carolina, along with Ashley Beckstrand, uh, Mally Valgardson, and the younger sister of Jennifer Hampson, Sarah Hampson. She's six seven. Six seven. All three from Utah. Those last also, years. a six five player in that class. Good grief. Future nice. guests include Jamal. There we go. Jamal Tomorrow. Williams and President Coach Steve Cleveland. Awesome. He's going to try and explain how in the world Utah Valley scored 114 points. We asked Blaine if he's panicking. He says no. What does Coach Blaine Cleveland think about BYU's early bad loss to Dane, Utah Valley? Dane McFowler's panicking. <laughs> but not Blaine. <laughs> I, th- this might be it for uh, Jamal in studio with us. This might be the last one. <sighs> no, well, don't say it, Jerem. In, in the winter, he'll go train uh, for the draft. He'll be back at some point, right? We don't know about oh. some point. So as, Let's as, hope. As a student ath- athlete. Yeah, yes, as a student athlete. <laughs> Thank you, Bench Warmers. <laughs> oh, athlete, that's uh, amazing. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Help. When you need it most, DexterLaw.com. There's only one man we can give it to today. Taysom Hill. Thank you. The end. Seriously, thank you, Taysom Hill, for everything uh, you have given BYU Athletics, BYU Football, BYU Sports Nation. Thank you. Taysom. Yeah, we need to have like a thank you card dun, segment. Where's the dude on the piano? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Our Twitter question today: How would you define the legacy of Taysom Hill? Play the piano music right now. How Wait, would you please. define the legacy of Taysom Hill? At J Nails Twenty One says, "Ask Mac Brown." Oh. <laughs> <laughs> At WAP Seventeen, loyal, strong, and true. Well, that one's real. That is real. No one's not. At Farnsworth Dill. <laughs> D-I-L-L, by the way. The Bo Jackson of BYU. That's spot on. You've mentioned that uh, mm. Ben Crudell. Yes. Said that the other Our day. elite tweet of the day from at ML 17 says he messed with Texas and Texas was cool with Amen it. Amen to that! <laughs> the most interesting man in BYU football. <laughs> Thanks to Blake Feller, Riley Nelson, and Kate Hansen. Show on demand, BYUSN.com. That's the second time I've been choked up today. Audio podcast on iTunes and the TuneIn app. For Jeremiah and Spencer, shout out to Vern Thompson. Back to work tomorrow. Jamal.